When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. This episode is a continuation of the past few days where we're reading and quoting from the book Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Today, we will be digging just a bit deeper into the concept of what it's like to be an internalizer. And today, we are talking about what it's like to be an internalizer because typically internalizers are highly sensitive and more perceptive than externalizers. This means if you are an internalizer, you might wonder how you ended up being so alert and aware of other people's inner states. As an internalizer, we tend to notice everything. We tend to react to life like we are the emotional tuning fork. We pick up and we resonate with vibrations from other people as well as the world around us because our nervous systems are on high alert. But because we do not act out of our emotions immediately, like externalizers might, our feelings get a chance to intensify within us, which can often appear overly sensitive and overly emotional to the rest of the world. Basically, because externalizers act out immediately, it appears to other people that they have a behavior problem, whereas we have an emotional problem by internalizing. When in reality, both are emotional problems, just one is being harbored longer. But because of our emotions seeming like an internal problem, any correction from caregivers or just notes from friends can convince us that our very nature is the problem. Not just our behavior needs to change, but who we are inside. 
That said, it is a double-edged sword. Being someone who is highly alert and aware of other people's feelings and emotions can be really beneficial if we learn how to regulate. That said, as children, we often try to regulate other people's emotions by people-pleasing and attuning to their feelings instead of our own. And because of this, as children, we grow up believing that the price of making a connection is to put others first and to treat them as more important than ourselves. We often think that we can keep relationships by just being the giver. And of course, we know logically that conditional behavior cannot create unconditional love, but it doesn't stop us from trying. So in order for us to stay out of these traps, it's critical that we understand that connection is normal, not dependent. You are not too needy or too dependent on someone just because you need connection. When we instinctively turn to others for comfort when we're stressed, it makes us stronger and more adaptive, not weaker and lesser. Interdependence is a strength, not a weakness, no matter what our parents taught us. But because of this perceptiveness and our strong need for social engagement, we typically need to find other sources of emotional connection outside of the family. We notice when we're responded to warmly, so we naturally seek out relationships with those safe people outside of our family so we can increase that sense of security that we've been craving within our family. That's not to say all internalizers seek outside of their community. Sometimes we find our support through things like art or spirituality or nature. But what often happens is internalizers become apologetic about needing help. And because we resist externalizing our needs immediately upon needing them, it sometimes appears to our parents that we need less attention. So it becomes easier to neglect us. But just because we are able to cope more independently, it doesn't mean we don't long for that connection with our family. But I know from experience that my mom just trusted me, so she didn't need to check in as much. I was often referred to as the old soul and so self-sufficient, I didn't really need any attention. But by my parents counting on me to do the right thing, I became really connected to the identity of self-reliance which means I spent a lot of my adult life overextending myself for others because I needed to seem like I had my shit together. I learned very quickly what difficult feelings were easier to keep distance from and what conversations I should just pretend didn't need to be had. But this also means I was super forgiving when I didn't need to be. And because of my ability to empathize with everyone and see their emotional needs, it made me seeing abuse towards me impossible. It's really difficult to recognize how serious abuse can be when I am more attuned to their feelings than my own. And as a result, internalizers have to put most of the emotional work into their relationships. Emotional work is things like empathy and foresight and self-control. And as a result, a lot of us internalizers will adopt some sort of compulsory cheerfulness so that we are more quote-unquote likable. And because of all of this, it often tends to attract more emotionally immature and insecure people so that we have to step up our own game. Because we do seem to have our shit together and have it so self-contained, it makes sense that emotionally immature people would find that irresistible to rely on. So it is our duty as internalizers to be really selective about where we extend our natural empathy and our altruism because we do not have time and attention to give just indiscriminately to everyone, lest we lose our own energy and zest for life. <laughs> Point is, when we are internalizers, we tend to shrink from our own emotions, and as a result, we'll focus outward on other people's feelings and behaviors. 
But because we are the only ones putting in the emotional labor, we're not actually getting the needs met that we're trying to foster. As a result, it often leads to resentment and exhaustion and confusion on who the fuck we're supposed to be. Tomorrow, I will be sharing some solutions to get out of these externalizer and internalizer roles. I don't think I'm going to do a full episode on externalizers, simply because I feel like it's repeating just the opposite of this episode, and also because this series has gone on a bit longer than I expected it to. That said, I do want to finish up the book with at least some actionable advice if you are struggling with some of these situations, or you found yourself relating to some of these examples. But regardless, it is totally normal to crave connection, and you deserve to feel seen and heard. So if that means we have to do some deep diving into how we were treated as children, I'm here with you, because I'm also learning in this process. (laughs) Either way, I love you so stinking much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, beautiful. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.